Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello. Hello, this is the President. Hello, this is the President of the United States. Who is this? Is it you again? Look behind you. This is my private line. How did you get through? They're everywhere. All the time. We see them every day. But you have to look behind you. There is nothing behind me. How did you get this number? The spaceman told me. What spaceman? It doesn't matter. I'm telling you about monsters. Please, you must look behind you. Young lady, there are no monsters in the Oval Office. The loudspeaker spoke up and said, the loudspeaker spoke up and said, The loudspeaker spoke up and said, Give up! Give up! I'm Clyde Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The number is to call tonight, 503-225-0860. It's 503-225-0860. I would imagine from time to time, you may or may not be thinking that we are on the verge of hearing whether or not we're alone in this universe. I know some are hoping for the announcement and others, well, they're saying this could be some deception, some blue beam event or whatever, but, but really it doesn't take much to wonder if there is something out there. I, I mean, the past few days have been crazy and you wouldn't have guessed it because, well, we've all been caught up in our little political stuff and the election of course is you know, takes precedent over everything else. But, you know, there's still stuff going on besides our little, you know, our little fancy, you know, interest in the elections. But during this time where we've been stopping the world to find out how we're going to end up, the country's largest organization of technical experts has concluded that recent UFO UAP incursions are now a safety hazard to aircraft. Remember a while back we did that show? We are talking about how this UFO, these UFOs are coming down out of the Big Dipper. And a number of uh, pilots were talking to other pilots about what they were seeing. 
and uh, it made the news. Well, now all of this information is piling up, and top aerospace engineers and scientists are going to join forces to protect aircraft, to protect us from UFOs. And I'm sure that there are a lot of concerns as well regarding near-Earth objects because every time you turn around, you look at a news feed, they're saying something the size of what's it? or, you know, Queen Mary, Statue of Liberty, Empire State Building, something that big is heading our way. Or it's going to give us a close cosmic shave, pretty much. The American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics, which includes among its members the country's largest defense and NASA contractors, has established three committees to study this unknown technology. And they want to know how incursions affect pilots and passenger safety. And they need to coordinate with government agencies and international researchers and focus on the topic. When and where, how, what are the effects, what happens. I mean, the the the, the idea of admitting it, okay, <laughs> the idea of admitting that we're not alone in the sky, whether it be, you know, Chinese, Russian, alien, I don't know. The idea that we're not alone is is new territory for them. But, but now the skies have been very active with UFO reports multiplying daily, near-Earth object reports multiplying daily. Scores of members of this 30,000-strong AIAA group are going to be drawn from aerospace contractors, government agencies, think tanks, and startups. And uh, many of them have already signed on to the effort. and They're very excited to go hunting for ET. And, that, and that's what they've said. We're, we're, we're eager to hunt for ET, although they know that there are some of things, there's kind of a natural explanation or, of course, a, a technological explanation that may point to China or Russia. But this is being done. I mean, several groups are being raised um, because of what Congress has done. Congress has taken additional steps to compel the Pentagon and the intel agencies to study UFOs and share what they discover with oversight committees and the public, although they've been very reticent of uh, sharing anything with the public. They don't want them to go overboard. And, 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 I, and I'm sure that, you know, the media is is – you know, really excited as well because that's this is a story that they want to do. These are the stories they want to do. They don't want to do these stories of activism. A lot of them don't. They want to talk about things that are more interesting, things that are affecting the planet in other ways. So the establishment was basically this expansive all-domain anomaly research office. Actually, it's called the all-domain anomaly Re- resolution office. This is what the Pentagon put together, uh, you know, more so than the other groups they put together. There's a ton of groups now, but now we have the all-domain anomaly resolution office at the Pentagon, and they're studying unidentified undersea vehicles. There was a report out of, uh, I think it was South America, that there was a uh, massive sighting of uh, of one of these unidentified undersea vehicles, but it, it turned out to be, it went from undersea to UFO, it was large, and it was uh, coming out of Lake Titicaca. And you can look that up on your own, but I was reading about this uh, in one of my news feeds. And that's uh, a lot of people have been investigating this one, saying, wow, you know, Brazil's a hot spot for UFO activity, and especially seeing something raise out or rise out of Lake Titicaca, I think would probably be very, very compelling for a lot of people. 
there have been active uh, experiments in uh, firing rockets at asteroids. You know about the DART program. We were talking about that, that you know, we've been firing rockets at asteroids to deter them from hitting us. And, and what's weird about that is that NASA tells us that there really isn't a threat of asteroids hitting us. <laughs> no, they always say there's no threat. I mean, it's hard to believe. What? Uh, yeah, uh, this February, okay, this February will be 10 years since I was on the air the night we reported that Chelyabinsk, the meteor, exploded over Russia. I mean, I was reporting on another asteroid that NASA was tracking, I did, and I was saying that it had a slight chance of colliding with Earth, but NASA gave the all clear that nothing of great consequence was going to happen. I even had Bill from Connecticut. He was this cranky old fuss budget who called the show all the time. He was a naysayer of the show. And he called, and he told me, he says, you know, you're acting like Chicken Little, Clyde. Nothing's out of the ordinary is going to happen. No... Meteor's going to hit. Nothing, you know, you, you just stop being chicken little. Stop scaring everybody. Well, then during the top of the hour, after I got rid of the call, my phone screener, Brian, at the time, told me that a massive earthquake happened in the Ural Mountains because he was monitoring, he, you know, he, he was an earthquake uh, fanatic, I guess, and he was always monitoring for earthquakes. He's always giving you an earthquake report. But he said there was a 7.9 on the Richter scale in the Ural Mountains. And eventually we found out that the earthquake was caused by something that exploded in the sky above Chelyabinsk in Russia. So that was 10 years ago this February. Wow. Time flies. 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. Back with more Ground Zero. Don't go away. Listening to Ground Zero. So, whatever happened to Space Force? Well, Space Force has become UFO investigations, certainly. And I've been monitoring the idea of possible near Earth objects coming to the planet, wreaking havoc on the planet. I know President Trump took a ribbing over Space Force, but if you remember, while the Pentagon was grumbling about the idea, they immediately let out all that information regarding Amuamua, regarding. Uh, this interstellar visitor that we had. And so, you know, to read between the reach between the lines, they were interested in space rocks. They were interested in, uh, near earth objects that there was a vulnerability involved. They had to build a, uh, a, some sort of a program for near earth objects for near earth object detection equipment. Of course, we heard a while ago that the DART mission was successful. They slammed something into a, a meteor, slammed something into an asteroid so it could, you know, go out of orbit and, and move on to something else. And, you know, they tell us one thing, but uh, they do something completely different. And that's why I remember back, you know, 
like I said, 10 years ago, we were doing the uh, the report about NASA tracking a... They said it was a doomsday asteroid that was going to come within Clark's orbit, which I thought was interesting. It would knock out satellites, but it didn't. It, it avoided all of it. It was kind of like the snooker table, avoiding all the balls that you're supposed to put in. But um, as I said, Brian, my phone screener at the time, said, hey, you know, we're having an earthquake in the Ural Mountains, and it's a huge one. And so I got an email from someone who said that Chelyabinsk, which is a Russian city that's known for being Russia's Area 51, somebody said it must have been bombed or something, some bright flash, some nuclear bomb has gone off. And I said, nah, I was shocked. I thought, no way could we have a, a nuclear explosion happening in Russia. But then again, you know, I scrambled to see if I could find any information on that. And I was wondering if the bombing was some retaliation for, I mean, you know, the U-2 plane was sighted over this area. But, of course, that was long ago and something. Nah, 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 nah. But then there was a story that came over the wire. There was an asteroid. So an asteroid exploded over the city. Immediately we we uh, dropped everything and we became a show that was giving a play-by-play for what happened. And And we were even getting calls from Americans in Russia that told us that a school's windows were blown out and that there were a lot of injuries. No deaths, of course, uh, luckily. But it carried... 20 to 30 times the energy of the Hiroshima bomb. And its shockwave broke windows, knocked down parts of buildings, and it covered six Russian cities. It cost some 1,500 people to seek medical attention for injuries, mostly from flying glass. And this is how it was described. It said, for a moment, the people of Russia saw a flash. The flash was brighter than the sun. Now, it was already daylight, and so this blinding flash from this rock and then a massive explosion. There were cameras that were in cars and recorded the events, and the brightness of the flash was enough to completely wipe out the image of the surroundings. If you look at any of the video of that rock exploding over that Russian area of the Ural Mountains, near the Ural Mountains, it looks like a flash. Everything disappears. It's wiped out. And then it comes back. And we know that large and small bodies from space strike the Earth's atmosphere all the time. The Nuclear Test Ban Treaty Organization operates a network of sensors that monitor Earth around the clock listening for what is called infrasound signatures. And these infrasound signatures can detect nuclear detonations. Now, in 2014... It stated that the sensors had recorded 26 atom bomb scale asteroid impacts to Earth's atmosphere since 2000. 26 atom bomb scale asteroid impacts. So think about that for a moment. We've been hit by rocks or asteroids or something that has the same scale as an atom bomb explosion. More so than Hiroshima, more so than Nagasaki. Still, 10 years ago this February, the Russian superbolide was extremely powerful. In fact, it was the most powerful explosion caused by an asteroid since Tunguska. Now, Tunguska, of course, was in Russia as well. The Tunguska event flattened a wide area of forest, killed reindeer in Siberia in 1908. The Tunguska event happened in a, luckily, a, a sparsely populated part of Siberia, 
and it remained mysterious to scientists throughout the early part of the 20th century. In fact, some people even said that Tesla was involved with this. I don't know if that's true, but they said they saw the light explosions all the way to England. Since that time, there have been reports of close calls where we've been told that NASA has detected killer asteroids the size of the Eiffel Tower missing us by thousands or millions of miles. Now, to us, that sounds like a lot of miles. For NASA, well, that's a close shave. About four or five days ago, it was reported that a huge fireball was seen exploding over eastern California. The flash was seen as far away as Oregon. The bolide came down over Nevada County, and there were witnesses in a car that believed that the rock had fallen near them. They gave chase, and when they came over the hill, they noticed that there was a house, a farmhouse, that was on fire. Here's the California News Report. Bright light in the sky was caught on camera. This is Northern California right here, and you can see what's happened here. Now, we slowed down the video just a little bit here. Firefighters and other officials think that this was a meteorite which ended up destroying a home. Witnesses describing seeing this ball of light in the sky on Friday night, then hearing a loud boom nearby, a house catches fire. Luckily, nobody's hurt in all this. Look at that, though. This is all happening northeast of Sacramento. Heard a big bang. I started to smell smoke, and I went onto my porch and it was completely engulfed in flames. They said it was a meteor. I've, I've always watched meteor showers and stuff as a kid, but I uh, definitely didn't look forward to them landing in my yard or through my roof. Incredible. NASA says that the Southern Torrid's meteor showers are taking place right now, and astronomers say this year's shower will include a number of fireballs that shine very brightly indeed. So that's a, a very remarkable story. I mean, it's... Uh... It's difficult to ascertain whether or not this house was definitely hit by a meteor because the Penn Valley Fire Department is now investigating. Uh, the The fire was uh, in Nevada County near Englebright Lake. Firefighters eventually extinguished the fire, but not before the house, the, a nearby travel trailer and a parked pickup truck were destroyed. And there was also a fatality report. The owner's dog was killed, I guess. And the owner said that he heard a big bang, a big explosion. Then he looked out. He saw his porch was in flames. Dash cam footage captured, was, and it was posted on Twitter by KCRA. This guy by the name of Derek Schnell, who was a KCRA journalist. And he showed the bright flash of the meteor burning up in the distance. He was in El Dorado County at the time. And he saw the footage of the fireball. He took it to locals. And the owner of the destroyed home believed that his house was ground zero for the meteor fall. So far, the Penn Valley Fire Department haven't, you know, they haven't ruled on or they haven't ruled out the idea that the blaze was caused by a meteorite. There are some astronomers that believe that the meteorite may have fallen closer to Weed, California. Some say 170 miles south of there, a place called Etna. It's near Etna. And perhaps uh, if it wasn't the main rock, a fragment could have uh, fallen or fragment fell on its way and probably hit the home. I mean, it's, I mean, his odds certainly are better with the lottery than having his house hit by a meteor. I mean, it's a it's a damn interesting story if it's true. And uh, apparently there were fireballs that were seen over Virginia just recently as well. I mean, people are seeing a lot more of these bright, exploding fireballs. And, and they do. They explode. And you hear the horns honk in the cars and the dogs barking in the distance. It's rather terrifying. It sounds like bombs are going off. 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. I'm Clyde Lewis. 
You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Five five zero dash nine nine. Declination thirty nine degrees two seconds. Okay, put that on the screen for me. No one would have believed in the early years of the twenty first century that this world was being watched keenly and closely by intelligences far greater than our own. That as men busied themselves about their various concerns, we were being scrutinized and studied. Perhaps almost as narrowly as a man with a microscope might scrutinize the creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. With infinite complacency, men went to and fro over this globe about their little affairs, serene in their assurance of our empire over this world. Yet across the gulf of space, intellects vast and calm and unsympathetic regarded this earth with envious eyes, and slowly and surely they drew their plans against us. Looks like the turrets are going to be torrid. A lot of fireballs being sighted, and they're huge. One even may have caused a fire in California. Just got word of a fireball being seen in Hawkins County, Tennessee. That was last night. And uh, so people are, are sharing their fireball stories. And, and we're there. Also, uh, when we were discussing the election, there was a number. Of, there were a number of people who sent me a uh, a bunch of fireball photos that they said they saw around. Uh, well, in the early early morning hours in Virginia, and that was last Monday. Uh, there were a lot of photos on the internet of, of of a glowing orb, and of course, it looks like a rocket. There are a lot of rocket aurora type fireballs that are being sighted these days. I mean, and they don't tell us about announced launches. They just they launch these things, and people look, and they are just completely—they're just completely mortified at what they're seeing. It just looks like a huge comet, a huge tail. It, it, basically, what it was is that at about five thirty-two a.m., 
the Wallops Flight Facility, Wallops Island, uh, blasted off the SS Sally Ride spacecraft. Uh, the Sally Ride spacecraft was seen, fired it off, uh, trying to figure out what they were using it for. But apparently a lot of people in Virginia were worried because they saw this thing wondering if it was a UFO. And apparently a lot of people said that they, their houses were shaking and it's hard to keep up with the launches. It's hard to keep up with Starlink because a lot of people are sending me, uh, they, they send me video of Starlink. And I, I can tell you how to identify it. If you look up in the sky and you see like what looks like a long dot, 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 dot in the sky. It looks like a dash, but it has a lot of little dots in it. That's, that's satellites. Those are satellites moving across. And uh, they, they're very impressive if you get a chance to look at them because they, you know, they, they're, they, they're in the sky and you don't know what they are. And immediately you assume, ah, I'm seeing a flying saucer. But no, I don't want to take the wind out of your sails. But what you're seeing is you're seeing SpaceX. You're seeing Falcon 9. You're seeing, I mean, they're doing a lot of experiments in space now. They're sending a lot of rockets into space, a lot of missiles into space. And why? Well, figure it out. We are pushing ever closer to a war. And they have to test these things out. And that's why I think that we have this Pentagon Center that's just opened up where, uh, you know, they need, they need to analyze these things to find out if they're a security threat. Not, not just a security threat, but, uh, you know, <laughs> these stories were released. And I was seeing these other what they call byline stories. Science pages. Once you see this stuff going on, you see the launches, you see all these other. It, my first thought is go to the science pages, Clyde. Read what they have in the science pages to see what they're talking about. And, you know, you want to go and you want to find something interesting. You don't want to hear the same old scientists that are bought off saying, well, it's a natural anomaly, uh, you know, da, da, da. and we know that it's not. We know that something, and I'm not saying aliens, I'm saying maybe. I'm saying that there are other things that are going up in the sky that we don't know about. Other things coming down from the sky that we don't know about. Pilots are seeing them. Military are seeing them. And now scientists are gaming out the best way to intercept objects that come into our solar system. And mostly, and this is what they're thinking, they are looking at the objects that come from interstellar space. And the strange part of the story is not that they're going to intercept and destroy these these objects. But according to the gaming story I was reading about in science today, in science papers, they are out to provide close-up views of entities. Their words, close-up views of entities that hail from alien star systems. So what they're going to do is if they see an interstellar object coming, rather than waiting for it to pass by like they did with the Muamua, they're going to send spacecraft to catch up with these interstellar objects. And then what they want to do is they want to capture images from them and they want to do it, you know, just a few hundred miles away from them. And that way they think, well, this is what science thinks. If they can get some pictures of these things, they can reveal important details about their composition, their evolution, and their origin beyond our solar solar system. Beyond, you know, these things don't come from our solar neighborhood. They come from someone else, someone else's solar neighborhood. And it actually makes a case that there are still some scientists out there besides Avi Loeb, they think that Oumuamua was actually a derelict spaceship and that it is particularly wise to be ready to analyze other interstellar objects, especially those that act peculiar. Like, uh, I don't know, uh, accelerating quickly into the Jovian system and then out of reach. 
Because that's exactly what Oumuamua did. Came in, kind of floated by. Hey, guys, I'm here. And immediately, it just for some reason, I think it knew it was discovered. And bam, the acceleration went and <laughs> chewy, hyperspace. <laughs> it just went off into space, ended up in the Jovian system somewhere. We couldn't keep up with it. And it's probably now on the other side of the galaxy by now. So it makes a lot of sense, though, that uh, there are a lot of scientists out there that think that Oumuamua was actually a derelict ship. And I think it's also wise that they're ready to analyze other interstellar objects that act just as peculiar. I, I, I mean, It's been five, get a load of this, 10 years since Chelyabinsk, when we talked about the, the huge asteroid or whatever it was, about the size of a bus exploding over the Ural Mountains. Five years. It's been five years since the discovery of Muamua. October of 2017, around that time, right? November, what's it? October, November, we were talking about this back in 2017. Five years since the discovery of Muamua. And in addition to its sheer novelty, Muamua was something of an odd duck. <laughs> okay. It was an odd duck. A, a cosmic odd duck that scientists had no explanation for. It, it puzzled them. Especially because, as I said, it underwent a sudden speed boost. And, yeah, somebody asked me, how would a derelict ship accelerate? That's, well, you ask me. I asked the scientists. I've asked Avi. He just said, unexplainably, the thing accelerated. So it could have been a derelict ship, could have been one that was manned. I don't know. They, 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 they had no way of capturing it or finding out more about it. So now the jury is out and scientists are still puzzled. But now they're leaning towards what Avi said about the thing, that it may have been a spacecraft. 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. We'll be back with more Ground Zero. Don't go away. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think it's amazing to be reading that scientists are gaming out 
a way to intercept objects that come into our solar system from interstellar space. They've learned their lesson from Oumuamua. They said it's been five years since the discovery of Oumuamua, which was traveling through the solar system. And it happened so fast until the idea where, of course, Richard, um, sorry, Stephen Hawking was uh, demanding that somebody do something. In fact, that was the last thing I think that he was involved with before he passed away. And scientists have presented many natural possible origins for Oumuamua. But Avi Loeb, who we've interviewed many times, has famously suggested that it may have been a piece of alien technology. Now, if an intercept mission had been ready to go, if, if, if it was ready to chase down Oumuamua five years ago, we might have had some, or we could have gotten some answers to the question of, well, where it came, where it came from, uh, the object's nature, and where, you know, whether or not it was being piloted or, I mean, all those interesting questions that we have about Oumuamua. So to ensure that we don't miss our next opportunity at a rendezvous with a similar strange object, scientists now are hoping to develop a spacecraft that can just, like, hide behind a cosmic billboard like a policeman, right? They, they want it to lie in wait until it's given the green light to pursue an interstellar target. So have some sort of a spacecraft idle in space, waiting. Immediately when we see something speed by, roo, 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 it takes off and follows it, right? guy by the name of Amir Siraj is a student that's pursuing astrophysics at Harvard University. I was reading his plans. He's got this outline of some of the parameters, the sort of the physical parameters of, of, of the mission where, you know, he has a timeline figured out. He's got, uh, he's calculated the spacecraft speed, the optimal distance of a flyby. So, I mean, we've had many studies about, I mean, it's been five years. So we've had many studies about this, but past studies have mapped out the feasibility of a concept of chasing down a interstellar object. But Siraj and the co-authors, the scientists, and Avi Loeb's involved, of course, They've investigated the requirements for a rendezvous mission with the primary objective of producing a resolved image of an interstellar object and discuss the characterization from close-range interstellar objects that, like a Muamua, don't have an uh, unequivocally identified nature. This is according to the paper. It's like, you know, uh, I can only compare it to, like I said, a, a, a patrol car or a patrol trooper hiding behind some cosmic a billboard and when something speeds by chase it down or maybe like lawyers chasing an ambulance except they're they're chasing a possible bracewell probe or sentinel or something more exciting like an alien spaceship or an alien structure james benford who is an american physicist that i, I i've read his works and he suggested i think it was like a when one was around he suggested that that there are alien satellites out there and it would be clever for the aliens to disguise near-earth objects asteroids meteors uh disguise them and then have those things come passing through monitoring our planet now benford suggested in his new paper that quote a probe located nearby could bide its time while our civilization developed technology that could find it, 
and once contacted, could undertake a conversation in real time. So it would be the idea of discovering a lurker or a sentinel or, I mean, an alien base of operations. Now, <laughs> can you imagine that? I mean, everybody's saying, oh, they come from planets far away, but what if we had an alien base of operations that were nearby? And that would certainly be interesting. That would that would be amazing. And we could do that with the planets of Jupiter, the planets of Saturn. They could be there. They could have their own little alien base of operations out there. So if we had or we could find an alien base of operations, then we'd know where to send a communication or how to communicate. We'd have to observe their communications and try and decipher what they're saying. I mean, we, we, may, we may have already overlooked the reality of lurkers or sentinels sending signals, and we have repeaters that are sending back replies. We have these fast radio bursts that have been sent to us, and many have speculated these fast radio bursts could very well be uh, proof of some sort of technosignature from an alien spacecraft or from an alien uh, civilization. And we may have actually overlooked the possibility that in the vastness of space, much closer to home, there can be alien bases that send these probes to us and what they're doing is they're doing some sort of a recon mission. I mean, it's not out of the question since we send probes and satellites to celestial addresses all the time, right? We, we send our own stuff out to space. Maybe it's being observed by something. Something huge. And that's and that's why I, I think this is very compelling. It's a very compelling idea. Again, that was released. I mean, you think about it. Deep in our solar system, we're seeing right now here on Earth a new era of exploration. They're going out and they're going to be sending what are called submarine type satellites to Europa or Enceladus, or Titan. And they're serious about looking for extraterrestrial life. And and see, these moons that I just mentioned, the Europa and, and, and Titan, these moons are ocean worlds. And while they have an ice top, they have liquid oceans that are heated from inside, and that could support life like fish or some other marine animal. So the presence of sentinel systems, the idea of something that could be monitoring us, it's like we want to go out and monitor them. It's been discussed many times, and whether or not we have alien lurker probes that are watching the planet dispatching various UFOs we see. Now, if this was the case, We'd, we'd have to be able to find a way to look look at it or to discover it. You know, a lot of scientists have been talking about Planet 9, that it's out there. People want to talk about Planet X, that it's coming, and, and maybe the reason why this planet is having so many problems because, of course, when you read about Planet X and the effect it's going to have on the planet, this planet is reacting in such a way that maybe there is a foreign object heading our way. And a lot of times... It's been said that Planet X is a reality and that it's coming. I don't know if you believe in such things, but it is very compelling to wonder if we have 
space anomalies out there that they're keeping quiet, they're keeping from the public because they don't want us to panic. 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero. You know, with the rise of the cancel culture and an increase in social media censorship, we need to make a big change. So we decided to create a very unique digital platform. It's called Aftermath.media. It's an exclusive online multimedia library featuring an interactive social media section with a chat room, videos, audio clips, archived Ground Zero podcasts, documents, books, and magazines. Our news aggregator provides current news relating to many of the topics we cover. We're expanding our research and study groups as well, which presently includes Tracy Twyman, William Cooper, Mate Russell, and Jim Keith. Also, check out popular podcast Conspirifact with Wes and Bill. Updated apps will be available soon. The monthly subscription for Aftermath is only $10 a month, and if you sign up now for the yearly subscription, it's only $79. You want to hear the shows you love and support Great Talk Radio. Go to Aftermath.media. Again, that's Aftermath.media. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Spinning complacently in the darkness, covered and blinded by a blanket of little lives, false security has lulled the madness of this world into a slumber. Wake up, an eye is upon you, staring straight down and keenly through, seeing all that you are and everything that you can never be. Yes, an eye is upon you, an eye ready to blink. So face forward, with arms wide open and mind reeling, your future has arrived. Are you ready to go? The loudspeaker spoke up and said, Wait, Jamie. The loudspeaker spoke up and said, 
Lewis. And this is Ground Zero. Opening up the lines tonight on the program, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. A lot of things were reported about space during the election that I'm sure were done on purpose to hide the fact that we are getting closer and closer to answering the inevitable, whether or not we're alone in the universe. Now, we know that, well, with science, we know, we now know, actually, that life on Earth is able to thrive in even the harshest, most brutal environments. They can, life forms can survive in super cold and super dry conditions, uh, Ocean depths, they have unimaginable pressures. Life can exist. And a lot of life that we we find, these extremophiles, they call them, they don't need sunlight as a source of energy. In fact, there was some sort of life form, I guess, that was out in space that was eating the plastic on the space shuttle or on the space station. You know, we speculated that perhaps, well, it was like weeks ago, we speculated that perhaps new diseases arrive or that they hitchhike on near-Earth objects and that there may be others out there that will thaw out and return as the northern ice cap melts. I think it was the Blob show we did back during Halloween, the show about the Blob, and that if something was to hit the Earth and the jelly was to you know mix with everything surrounding it, it could create a, a massive disease, right? And it happened uh, near Wuhan. And uh, I don't know if there's any connection, but it's still a scary thought that something as big as a meteor could explode and send the... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The ashes and, and, and the rock into the atmosphere mixed with the rain and spread something that would be considered a extraterrestrial disease. Now, if these types of microbes resurrect, then we have an alien invasion that we didn't plan for. 
and it would be an alien invasion because these things are alien to our planet and uh, whether or not they've been here on the planet the whole time whether or not they've been frozen and revived whether or not they hitched a ride on a meteor that's beside the point all this time we'd be searching the heavens and the oceans for aliens when a lot of them are frozen to the ground or coming down from the heavens with near-Earth near Earth objects, sentinels, lurkers, whatever you want to call them. Now, the Tarid meteor shower is starting up, and it already has given us some interesting light shows. In Tennessee, guys are sending me uh, pictures from something we've seen in Tennessee the other night. Oregon, people are seeing these huge meteor explosions we heard something. I heard something today that sounded like a huge explosion. No explanation. Didn't hear any sirens. So either it was a firework or something exploded in the sky. You never know out here, though. You, you hear explosions. You wonder what it is. And in part of town I live in, you hear gunfire and everything else. So I don't know. But in northeastern California, there was a story a couple days ago about a meteor that crashed and actually set a house on fire. A bright light in the sky was caught on camera. This is Northern California right here, and you can see what's happened here. Now, we slowed down the video just a little bit here. Firefighters and other officials think that this was a meteorite which ended up destroying a home. Witnesses describing seeing this ball of light in the sky on Friday night, then hearing a loud boom nearby, a house catches fire. Luckily, nobody's hurt in all this. Look at that, though. This all happening northeast of Sacramento. Heard a big bang. I started to smell smoke, and I went onto my porch and it was completely engulfed in flames. They said it was a meteor. I've, I've always watched meteor showers and stuff as a kid, but I uh, definitely didn't look forward to them landing in my yard or through my roof. Incredible. NASA says that the Southern Torrid's meteor showers are taking place right now, and astronomers say this year's shower will include a number of fireballs that shine very brightly indeed. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, the story, and I remember hearing this, I don't know if you heard it, but Remember the great Chicago fire? And they said that a cow uh, kicked over a lantern and this is why they had the fire. Some people believe that it wasn't that, that it was a Carrington event, that it was either a sun storm, a geomagnetic storm that caused the fire, or a meteor hit the ground and caused the fire. But as I said, you know, it's it's still up in the air as to whether or not, I mean, Penn Valley Fire Department was called in and uh, they're investigating this right now. The, 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 the house that was hit was in Nevada County near Englebright Lake. The firefighters uh, extinguished the blaze, but there was a travel trailer, a park pickup truck, and a dog was killed. They, they, they destroyed all this area here. So it was a major fire at this, uh, this uh, alleged fireball created. Dash cam footage captured uh, by a journalist. Uh, KCRA journalist Derek Schnell, there was a bright flash of light, meteor burning up in the distance, and he was in Del Dorado County, and then he saw the fireball, was talking to locals, and then a bunch of people gave chase, went over to the other side, saw this place on fire, and go, yep, that's it. So the Penn, fire, the Penn Valley Fire Department, though, they've not ruled out that the blaze was caused by the meteor. They, they A lot of... Uh, there are a lot of skeptical scientists that say that maybe the meteorite or the main core of this rock may have fallen closer to Weed, California or near Etna, California. So, I mean, it's it's up in the air, but still, I mean, the odds of this are crazy. 
I mean, it could have been just a fragment that came off of this one huge meteor. And that would be, I mean, the odds of this happening would be huge. I mean, he'd, he'd have a much better chance of winning the lottery than he would uh, getting hit by the meteor here. So definitely an interesting story if it's true. But there are a lot of intriguing stories that were overlooked because of the election. A lot of intriguing stories uh, that certainly, you know, are looking up because of space activity and and how space activity has been on the minds of scientists because they're interested, again, as we're coming up on the anniversary of Oumuamua. And, of course, uh, UFOs are on the minds of scientists. They believe incursions are a threat to aircraft. There's a group called the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics which uh, a number of members of the country's largest defense and NASA contractors, they're looking, or they've set up three committees now to look into whether or not UFOs, UAPs are a threat to not only national security, but airplanes and airlines. So, I mean, this, this is getting very serious. And I know that we've been all buried in the red, blue, Democrat, Republican stuff, but this is fascinating to me. And uh, just wondering, you know, look up. What are you seeing? You seeing big balls of fire? You hearing explosions? Because this is exactly what's happening. 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. has been making the headlines because of Twitter and how everybody's like freaking out over his, you know, buying of Twitter and the fiasco that's happening. But there's some other news that I I find more interesting than, you know, whether or not you have to buy a blue check for Twitter to be, you know, to be somebody. There's actually, uh, it was a story that was uh, released that Elon Musk made a comment about the launching of Starlink. And those are the satellites I talked about in the last hour where I'm saying that people see them and they think they're UFOs. Well, Elon Musk said that SpaceX cameras keep finding something big out there in space when they're on missions. Now, they've noted that whatever it is, it looks like a giant cigar hovering out there in space. Now, they've tried to get screenshots of this craft, and they have submitted them to NASA and other groups speculating on their origins. But, of course, they won't let the people see them, but they're certainly concerned about what it is they're looking at. A team of researchers with members from the Universidad Nacional de San Juan and the Universidad Federal de Rio Grande do Sul and Universidad Andres Bello have found evidence of a large extragalactic assembly, a structure that's hiding behind one part of the Milky Way galaxy. The group has published a paper describing their findings on the preprint server of ARXIV, 
archive. That's how they spell A-R-X-I-V, archive, I guess. It's on the server, and they're awaiting publication in the journal Astronomy and Astrophysics to talk about what they have found. Now, space scientists have known for some time that there is one part of the night sky that is mostly obscured from view due to a bulge in the galaxy known as the zone of avoidance. The zone of avoidance, it makes up approximately 10% of the dark sky and has researchers wondering what might be behind what might be behind this, this zone of avoidance. Because, well, it offers researchers so little to work with and the zone has not been very well studied. Now they're studying it and, well, as we know, that you know, there's, there's not much known about it, what it might be hiding. And now in this new effort, the researchers have used a variety of tools to gain better understanding of what might be hidden from view. So it's the zone of, <laughs> it's the zone of avoidance where these scientists says, hell, I'm not going to avoid it. I'm going to look into it. And over the past several years, scientists have been probing. These scientists have been probing probing the, the zone of avoidance. So the researchers with this new effort, they, they, they gathered together all the data that's been collected so far and added using an information um, obtained by what is called the VVV survey. The VVV survey is a project sponsored by an intergovernmental research organization called the European Organization for Astronomical Research in the Southern Hemisphere. It involves multiple state-of-the-art research facilities located at multiple sites, and the survey now has been involved in studying the stars using infrared emissions rather than visible light. And these emissions are able to pass through the gas, the dust, the light from the stars in the bulge, in the zone of avoidance, and all of that information comes back to instruments set up here on Earth. So in studying the infrared imagery, the researchers found that they were able to identify several galaxies that exist far beyond the Milky Way. And because of their numbers, the researchers believe that together, they make up what they describe as a massive intergalactic structure. Fascinating, isn't it? That this huge extra galactic structure. I remember back when Art Bell reported about the Dyson sphere that was discovered. There was another extra galactic structure that many scientists believe that it had to have been constructed by extraterrestrials. The zone of avoidance. <laughs> I love that. Something is out there in the zone of avoidance. So, scientists are are just you know they're they're looking and exploring this zone of avoidance for various techno signatures from possible civilizations but of course we know and what's sad is we know that some of these civilizations could be extinct again scientists could only hope for the last call from a civilization or one that also is curious about what is out there but we have had a lot of reports of these fast radio bursts that actually come from these yet uncharted areas of space, even though these signals have been yet to be proven to be those of an intelligent civilization, they certainly motivated the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. And now NASA is upping their game too. The itinerary for the 21st century, according to NASA and according to applications and, and, and these ideas of these papers, they want, more than ever, 
to find evidence for technosignatures, biosignatures, and perhaps alien artifacts from space. Unusual space artifacts, when observed, well, because of the Brookings, uh, Brookings Institute, the Brookings paper, they keep those things secret, or they keep these things secret, and, well, all of this stuff can be hidden away from the public unless people demand that it be shown. I mean, if you got the Freedom of Information Act, you can you can request stuff. But it's becoming difficult, more difficult now to hide these findings because many people and scientists are now closing in on what may be observing us from a distance. Confirmation of alien life is becoming a constant right now. But there's still some apprehensive containment of information that is being doled out that's here in the United States because NASA wishes to have the monopoly on just what is and isn't, you know, the truth about the cosmic imperative. The, the uh, I don't know, the, the idea that there may be life out there. I mean, the idea of space sentinels or Bracewell probes or, I mean, that's always been an interest of mine. I, I just, I mean, we could be seeing outposts designed as rocks or even alien material orbiting the Earth watching us and then, we're sending out spaceships to observe closer. And I know that Sentinels are very controversial, but they're no longer out of the question or out of the equation. And, and, and quite possibly, we may be hearing more about them in the future because more and more so-called objects resembling spaceships are being detected. This is why we have all these Pentagon studies and government studies and all these groups within NASA forming other groups upon groups upon groups to study civilization upon civilization upon civilization and now the zone of avoidance i want an echo for that i don't know if we can do that the zone 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 of avoidance 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 that that is that is something that sounds like it's out of star wars we are in the zone of avoidance darth vader we're able to draw galaxies together and then sweep them away as if they were just dust it's the zone of avoidance I know, I know, I know, I know. It it, it may sound so far-fetched, but it's true. I I just find these these science papers amazing, and and that's why I share them with you, because I know it's, you know, a little crazy to speculate that small objects can approach the Earth closely on an annual basis using the same orbital period as Earth in order to disguise movement, but it's not out of the question. I mean... What strange orbits these objects occupy? I mean, imagine... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The proposal behind closed doors to conceivably contact or approach a sentinel 
to determine if it has been sent by alien overseers. Imagine jumping out in space and going into that zone of avoidance and finding something. And that's why it's the zone of avoidance. They don't want you to look there because if you look there, you're going to find something. And they have an alien structure or an extraterrestrial extragalactic structure. 503-225-0860. It's 503-225-0860. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Ask him now. Oh my goodness. Uh, off the top of my head. Yeah. First, uh, are we alone in the universe? Wow. So, first, are we alone in the universe? Yeah. Um, it may be that uh, aliens have searched the universe uh, for other life right. and come to Earth and concluded there's no sign of intelligent life here. Burn. Okay. Burn on us. Is there anybody out there? You can't think we're alone once you study how common our ingredients of life are mm-hmm. in the universe. We, we're not made of special stuff. Is there anybody out there? And uh, at first, astronomers said, oh, yeah, it's probably just like the objects we had in our solar system, all the rocks that we have seen before, comets and asteroids. Is there anybody out there? To suggest that we are the only life in the universe would be inexcusably egocentric. Then the problem was that it exhibited an extra push away from the sun. And usually you get it from the rocket effect, that when, when you make the cometary tail, uh, it pushes the object in the opposite direction, just like a jet plane. A jet plane works by throwing gas out, and that's pushing you forward. So a comet has an extra push when it evaporates. And so a flat object about the size of a football field that has an extra push, if it were a comet, it needed to lose about a tenth of its uh, weight. So a lot of evaporation. You can't just say, oh, it's a little bit of evaporation, and therefore that's why we don't see it. I don't know if you can hear me. I'm stranded here on this station. There's only a few of us left now. God, doesn't sound like any radio signal I've heard. I'm Clyde Lewis. You are listening to Ground Zero. From the zone of avoidance, scientists are now creeping into the Milky Way and they're seeing things coming at us, things hiding behind the sun. We have the Tarid Meteor Shower that is, uh, well, not even at its peak right now. And we have things coming out of the sky and exploding. 
This is Salt Lake City just after 10.40 p.m. last night. Well, several viewers sent us video capturing a fireball lighting up the nighttime sky over Utah last night. I missed it. People <laughs> from the different neighborhoods reached out to ask us what they were seeing. Amanda Gilbert is live with the story tonight, only on two. And Amanda, you spoke with an Ogden woman who didn't know if this was fireworks at first. Yeah, Dolores Clayton says at first she thought it was fireworks. Then she looked at the video again and knew it was something different. Turns out she was right. Dolores Clayton's doorbell camera captured a fireball streaking through the sky in Ogden. The camera started going off that it noticed um, motion at the front door. And then when I went to check it, you know, saw the flashlight go across the sky. She sent us this video just wondering what it was. I wasn't sure if it was fireworks from downtown, which is not unusual. She's not alone. Other cameras in different Utah towns like Jessica Zanders and Holiday captured the fireball as well. You know, that was a great video of a meteor streaking through our sky, and it's one of the brighter ones. Director Duke Johnson with Clark Planetarian says this is a meteor. So right now, we're kind of in, the, in between two different meteor showers. We're looking at the Taurids and the Leonids, and so it really could have been one from either group. So what exactly are we watching? It's a combination of Earth's path around the sun. So our mm -hmm. velocity makes us run into these small particles. And then, of course, Earth's gravity uh, is also uh, pulling these things in. Capturing this moment used to be more rare, but now technology's changed that. When you see one like that, you always think that you're lucky. And now that we've got doorbell cameras and things to record them, uh, we can all be lucky a whole lot more. Being able to see something like that, it's just, it's, it's kind of special. Yeah, special. And Clark Planetarium says if you're bummed you miss this, don't worry. They say actually coming up November 17th and 18th, that is peak time for the Leonid meteor shower. So you might see more meteors in the sky. I, mean, you know, I, I find it funny. Uh, they always talk about how the doorbell camera has picked up things like, uh, you know, fireballs coming out of the sky and ufos hovering over an area i'm thinking that maybe armageddon or the end of the world is going to be on a doorbell camera look at the doorbell camera it's showing the second coming i mean it's a, i i just everything that uh, is anything anymore is seen from the doorbell camera and it's just amazing the way these things are happening and, and uh again I, I just think the heavens are are active because we have these meteor showers to contend with I think that uh, scientists that are playing in in the zone <laughs> that should be playing in that that zone of avoidance uh, because they're saying that they're finding some alien megastructure out there. These are some very interesting things. So there's a uh, there's also get a load of this. So they were saying uh, when they were discussing these sentinels, they were saying. If there are sentinels that are watching the planet, if there is a, an intergalactic or a major galactic structure somewhere in the zone of avoidance, then they're running radio silent right now. They're not sending us anything, except I think there was a gamma explosion, a gamma ray explosion that happened recently. Um, and a, you know, a lot of people call that the voice of God because those things, man, when they hit our planet, they bend the magnetic field. So we had one of those. And it, it's like that is a message that you can't ignore. But there are scientists that are saying, well, okay, so communication, that's where we lack. We need to be able to communicate with aliens. We need to be able to communicate with, quote, the gods. And when we look at what's happening, they're saying, well, these things can be running radio silent. 
That way, you know, we don't find them because they're not sending us a signal. But then, you know, we send out our own probes and they saddle right up to inspect these these sentinel probes. And they say, oh, we found that it's artificial. It's not a lump of rock. They radio back to the earth. And then, of course, the scientists say it's inevitability that we'll have to do first contact with an alien race. Now, there's a team at the University of St. Andrews, and they say that Earth needs to work on communicating with extraterrestrials because first contact could happen. And this is what they say. First contact could happen any day now. And they launched a new research hub to prepare humanity for first contact. The University of St. Andrews has joined forces with uh, the UK Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence Research Network to establish protocols and procedures if they happen to find uh, happen to find aliens. The team says, and they warned that although there are measures in place for dealing with threats posed by asteroid impacts or meteor impacts, there is no agreed response if a radio signal were picked up from another intelligent life form. And I, and I find it, you know, I, I find it ironic. I guess it, it's, it's bizarre to see that teams that study near Earth objects are also interested in the possibility that we could be witnessing sentinel lurkers that prove that life is out there watching us. The SETI post-detection hub will bring together experts from around the world to decide how to decipher, uh, how to uh, uh, have decipher methods, how they can use them to enact uh, something. They, I think they're calling it some sort of a space law. They want to enact space law on how to communicate, and they want to... Uh, try to weigh in or, again, game the possibility or tabletop the possibility of societal impacts if we're told that aliens are trying to communicate and we need to communicate with them. So far, so good. So what? What now? 503-225-0860. A lot of stuff happening in the sky right now. A lot of stuff happening in heaven right now. And scientists are uh, moving forward with contact. The zone of avoidance. 503-225. I just can't get over that. 503-225-0860. Back with more Ground Zero. Don't go away. That's 503-225-0860. As I reported, the SETI post-detection hub is now working on ways that they can communicate with extraterrestrials. And the reason why is because there really isn't, I mean, they're hiring linguists, they're hiring others. It reminds me of that movie uh, Contact where they had to have linguists come in and speak with these septopods that spoke in ink blots. It It was really fascinating the way it took us years to communicate with aliens. But Dr. John Elliott, who's the honorary research fellow in the School of Computer Science at St. Andrews and coordinator of this hub, says, quote, will we ever get a message from ET? Well, we don't know. We also don't know 
when this is going to happen. But we do know that we cannot afford to be ill-prepared scientifically, socially, and politically rudderless for an event that could turn into reality as early as tomorrow and which we cannot afford to mismanage. He goes on to say, we need to coordinate our expert knowledge not only for assessing the evidence, but also for considering the human social response as our understanding progresses and what we know and what we don't know is communicated. And the time to do it is now, he says. Now, if you remember, there have been two science fiction stories that come to mind when we discuss the idea of something passing over like a a sentinel or a probe or whatever, and it's trying to communicate with us. I'm a big fan of Arthur C. Clarke, and I know a lot of science fiction geeks are, but Arthur C. Clarke had a story called Rendezvous with Rama. In fact, here's what's interesting. Amuamua, they were going to call it Rama in honor of Clarke's book, but they decided to call it Amuamua. But in Arthur Clarke's novel, there's this group much like Space Force. They're called Space Guard. And it's the near future Earth, the government operations that are going on. They're looking for asteroids. Sounds like something familiar, right? They're looking for asteroids because there was a major disaster in 2077 where an asteroid took out uh, a city. An asteroid actually took out most of Italy, according to the book. So anyway, Space Guard detects this strange interstellar object called Rama. They, they called it Rama. And of course, that's the, uh, the Hindu god. And uh, this happened in 2131 in the story. But it, it's an interesting coincidence that Rama and Amuamua were given names from Northwestern cultures. It's also interesting that uh, a meteor that hits Italy, we have a meteor now that hit a house and allegedly caught on fire. And now we're, we're looking into the skies for possible threats. So Rama, like Amuamua, comes from interstellar space. It's going to return there because it passes through our solar uh, it passes through our solar system like a Muamua did, and it's thought to be an asteroid. However, they take photos of it; they have images of it from an unmanned probe, and they show that it's a perfect cylinder. It's about thirty-four miles long and twelve miles in diameter. Only one ship in her space fleet is close enough to reach Rama before it leaves the solar system, and that ship, the solar survey vessel Endeavor is sent to intercept this this spacecraft or this alien craft. So when they reach Rama, the Endeavor scientists find their way inside through one of the three airlocks. They discover the object has a hollow interior with breathable atmosphere. The cylinder's rotation also provides artificial gravity. They find cities full of buildings and machines, but they can't find whoever built this stuff inside the cylinder. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So when Rama starts to accelerate out of the solar system, the scientists retreat back to the endeavor. They have no understanding about why this exists. And I don't want to spoil the book, but the men explore Rama. They find what they're looking for, but can't believe that something that advanced doesn't want to have anything to do with us. Because it doesn't. It doesn't want to contact us. It doesn't want to talk to us. So the only difference between Oumuamua and Rama is that when Oumuamua bolted away from the Earth, we didn't make any attempts to chase it down and find out what it really was. And so our feeble scientists just called it a comet, albeit a comet that had none of the characteristics of a comet at all. And I know many of you have probably uh, remembered, uh, remember Star Trek, The Voyage Home? Star Trek, The Voyage Home, it, that's similar too because it depicts an alien probe, a cylinder again. So the alien probe sends out a message and it, ex- it expects a reply. And the reply doesn't happen because, well, it sends out a signal and it wants the whales to reply. There are no whales on the planet anymore. They're extinct. So they can't reply. So the Earth is destined for destruction because with the human technology, Kirk and the rest of his crew, Captain Kirk and his crew, they have to try to get it whale and bring it back so it can communicate with the cylinder. And so, you know, there are many scientists now that think that intelligent life elsewhere in the universe is a real possibility. NASA recently launched this uh, eight-month inquiry into investigating hundreds of unexplained UFO sightings. But now the Royal Society and other scientific discussion groups are saying that perhaps a communication with aliens would be similar to communications made by dolphins or communications made by whales. And and so they're looking into that possibility. So learning how to decipher an alien language or a method of communication is going to be one of the major hurdles that you know, experts need to consider. I mean, they don't, uh, uh, they don't, they don't actually presume that aliens are so advanced they know our languages. And I don't think so either. I think that yeah, whales would be a very good study. Uh, some of the closest thing we have to aliens here on Earth, octopus or uh, cephalopods, they're the closest thing to aliens we have on Earth. Whales are highly intelligent. Octopi are very intelligent as well. So we see these patterns. On Earth, we see the possibility of aquatic life on the planets out there in the Jovian system. We see the possibility of a galactic superstructure in what is called the zone of, of avoidance. We have these meteor showers are sending out bigger fireballs and people are reporting them. This is an amazing time to be alive. It's an amazing time to look up. The only problem, though, is that some of the scientists are conditioned to stick to what is accepted by the status quo, and the reason why they do that is because they want to protect their careers. They're afraid they're going to lose some money. But here's the thing. We have older scientists now who are sufficiently shielded from professional suicide by having already got, they've already gotten enough recognition. So, I mean, they've won every prize you could possibly expect, all the medals they want. So now they're brave enough to say, what if? They're brave enough to say, yes, go ahead. You go into that zone of avoidance, guys. You go ahead and do what you're going to I mean, at this point, any interstellar mission is a long shot 
And it has to overcome a lot of technical changes and challenges and, of course, you know, funding dilemmas because we can't even fund going to the moon, for crying out loud. Maybe, who knows, maybe we're probably better off if they come to us rather than chasing them into the zone of avoidance. <laughs> anyway, we got Dr. Sky coming up in just a bit, so stay tuned for that. 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Check it out, Surfer Music Discovery. It links to thousands of online stations, but the twist is you see the song names and artists that are now playing live. That's different. No guessing. Looks like a waterfall of music. So many formats. Rock, oldies, country, R&B, jazz, and a whole lot more. How's that spelled? Surfer. S-U-R-F-R. Is it expensive? It's free. No need to sign up or sign in. Get the Surfer Music app free from Google Play or the App Store. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStreamLive is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. For the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. Where happiness is an illusion. This is the future we are in right now. Where our phones are the first things that we touch when we wake up. The last thing we touch before falling asleep. Radiant, seductive screens we so love endlessly gaze upon much like you're doing right now welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark welcome to darkness I hope you find it enlightening The loudspeaker spoke up and said, Wait, Jimmy. 
Stranger spoke up and said, The loudspeaker spoke up and said, Give up! I'm Clyde Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The number is to call tonight, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. Coming to you live from the Zone of Avoidance. <laughs> That's right. Coming to you live from the Zone of Avoidance. <laughs> Thank you, Wes. Coming to you live from the Zone of Avoidance beautiful uh and what's the use of having all that awesome audio editing yeah. software if you're not going to use it yeah right that's why they pay you the big bucks to be clever yeah talking about the zone of avoidance tonight it's a what was it it's also it's also got another name which is just as weird uh we were talking about these scientists that are going well they they've actually uh they've been studying a place called the zone of avoidance and in that place, it's they, they say there's this massive intergalactic or supergalactic structure, right? And and they've been told to avoid it because, of course, it's the zone of avoidance. And so, <laughs> I gotta stop. It's just too fun. Let's do it one more time. Here we go. The zone of avoidance. Okay, so they they've got into this zone of avoidance and they've been looking into the possibility that there's this huge. Uh, they, they something's drawn the galaxies together. So it's been this huge supergalactic mass. It's a structure, they say, and and they've been studying it, and they're thinking that there's a good possibility that there are aliens there. And why haven't they been investigating it? But it's called the also called the zone of galactic obscuration. That's a little harder to say. Yeah, the zone of galactic obscuration, or the zone of avoidance. The zone of avoidance. You'll, 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 be, you'll be thinking about that all weekend long. I just know it. Just for good, good time's sake. The zone of avoidance. Okay. So, <laughs> I wonder if Dr. Sky has heard of the zone of avoidance. All right. I'm annoying the chat now. They're probably going to throw crabgrass at, at Liam or something. Anyway, uh, that's, that's funny. That takes a lot of fun into it, I guess. That's fun. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's it's rather interesting that, well, space scientists have known for some time that part of the night sky is obscured from view and there's that bulge in the galaxy we call the zone of avoidance. But astronomers are now exploring this area for various techno-signatures, possibly geosignatures, or, uh, uh, you know, just the idea that they think that there are galactic civilizations there. So this interstellar mission is now being planned to investigate alien artifacts. They want to confirm extraterrestrial life. They want to have like these rockets standing by or these ships standing by to chase down um, possible interstellar objects like a Muamua because they don't want to 
They don't want to have to sit and speculate as to whether or not these are alien spaceships or whatever. So tonight we want to put Dr. We want to just put Dr. Sky on the show with his president and CEO of Dr. Sky Incorporated, a multimedia company with expertise in the realms of astronomy, science, aviation, and weather. Dr. Sky is locally and nationally known broadcaster with his own branded shows, The Dr. Sky Show, cleared at the big KTAR News 92.3 FM. He appears with regular commentary on Fox 10 in Phoenix and Arizona TV with legendary broadcaster Pat McMahon. His college mentor was Dr. Clyde Tumbo, who's the discoverer of the then, uh, the then known planet Tru- uh, Pluto. Steve Cates, he is Dr. Sky, and of course, Dr. Sky is on tonight on Ground Zero. Hey, Dr. Sky, welcome to the show. Hey, good evening, Clyde. Good to be with you. Long time no talk to. And, I know. Uh, what, a, what a great show this, I, is, uh, this is turning out to be. I've been listening. Have you? Oh, so, absolutely. So, I, so I you, you know all about what we were talking about, right? You know about the, the zone sure of avoidance. Do. So you know the absolutely. zone of avoidance. Okay, so. Well, actually, my friend told me that his zone of avoidance was near his ex-wife's home. That <laughs> was kind of close, yes. but no cigar. Yes. But as we that restraining oil, That restraining order helps too, right? <laughs> anyway. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, so tell us about the zone of avoidance and why this is important, because they announced that they found some structure, some super galactic structure up there. Tell us about that. Well, actually, the zone of avoidance has been known for quite a while. Let's go back to the early 1900s when astronomers were trying to figure out the shape, size, density of our Milky Way galaxy. And we owe a lot to astronomers like Harlow Shapley and, of course, Edwin Hubble when he obviously discovered the whole concept that island universes, meaning galaxies, were not part of the regular universes we call within you know, this galaxy itself. Mm-hmm. So for the longest time, if you just scan the Milky Way and look on a you know, clear night, let's say, but particularly in the summer, you'll notice that the core of the Milky Way lies deep in the zodiac sign of uh, Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. And myself, like you and many others, you take a pair of binoculars and you look there. So what the zone of avoidance is, it's looking around the nuclear core of our Milky Way galaxy. That could be 20 or so thousand light years thick. But all the gas and dust cloud that's on either side of it, we can't penetrate with normal optical telescopes what may be behind it. So these recent revelations, and here we go, some 58 galaxies clustered in an area of behind this zone of avoidance that are, get a load of this, folks, 3 billion light years distant. Jeez. So this is really big news because we've never been able to peer into that region. But the big question, Clyde, is how did they even find this? So with the advanced infrared technology, meaning looking for heat signatures, it doesn't do 100% of the job of taking away the obscuration. But now we do know that there's something lurking behind the core, And I'm sure that this is not uncommon to other galaxies, obviously. If you look at these particular galaxies that are of the Milky Way structure, Mm -hmm. you know, the exact typification. Right. But this one's quite fascinating because now we've actually know that there's something lurking, as you have with the great echo chamber there. What do you call it? The zone of avoidance. The zone of avoidance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love it. And, 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 you know, while we're laughing at the idea of the zone of avoidance being discovered and looked into and and, uh, possible alien thoughts there, you know, the other day it was reported that the sun was smiling at us. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What, do you, oh, yes. what can you tell us about that? Well, the, the sun is smiling all the time, giving us a you know, powerful energy. All weather comes from the sun. Yeah. But what we happen to have on occasion are these coronal holes. And they look dark on the surface of the sun from the visibility from the earth. But it just happened to be an interesting alignment of a few of them that took the resemblance of a, let's say, a pumpkin without a nasty face. Yeah. But it gave us the image from the distance of the sun, 93 million miles away, of course, that looked for just a short period of time right. as these coronal holes opened up. Interesting image, and yeah. many people saw that. Quite fascinating. Uh, we'll talk more about Sunspot Cycle 25, too, coming up with Dr. Sky right here on Ground Zero. Give us a call, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. More with Steve Gates, Dr. Sky. We'll be back. Don't go away. Sky, we were talking about a number of things uh, on this program tonight. A lot of cool things, a lot of things that are silly. The zone of avoidance. And uh, the zone of avoidance. Uh, talking about that and what that is. Uh, also talking about the smiley face on the sun. That was a that was an interesting topic. And now I want to talk about Sun Cycle 25. What I mean, uh, what do we have what do we expect from that? I mean, I know that we had some very uh, interesting activity a while ago. We had you on and we talked about that, but is it sure. kind of slowed down a little bit? Or, or those sunspots were certainly uh, scary for people? Well, just temporarily, Clyde, because most of the astrophysicists and people that study the sun, they were saying predictions were that sunspot cycle 25 would be milder than the previous cycle 24, but no, it's actually an uptick. And even though over the last couple of weeks we've had some, you know, quiet, quiet solar activity, if you want to call it that. Yeah. But how about this? November 3rd, we have another solar storm that penetrated deep into the Earth's atmosphere. And for people that have experienced the auroras, particularly in the northern hemisphere, the green auroras are primarily due to the excitation of these particles from the sun hitting oxygen. Mm -hmm. But now, these auroras penetrated below the 62 miles, hit nitrogen atoms, and for the first time in a long time, we're seeing pink auroras in the sky. Mm. So a color contrast is beautiful. But let's go back a little bit to these solar storms of the past, and not too far in the past. The great Halloween solar storms of 2003 still had some of the most incredible X flares on the sun. And we recorded one that was allegedly my, a, a big 17 on the scale of the X flare scale. And according to some reliable sources, I don't believe everything I read on the Internet, even up to an X45, 
which makes that somewhat close to what might have been the Carrington event X-flare number, even though they didn't measure it then, of a plus 50 or more. Mm -hmm. So the sun right now, if people were to look on a website, let's say like spaceweather.com, there's an active region called Active Region 3141, which could pose some difficulties. I mean, not to scare people, but this is an ongoing thing. Simply put, Solar Cycle 25 should really start to get into high gear soon. Well, you heard about that guy in California that stated that his house was hit by a meteor and it caused a fire. And it got me thinking about the Chicago fire and whether or not it was a cow that kicked over a lantern, a Carrington event, or a possible meteor. Do you have a thought on that? Well, I do. I think that it could have very much, likely could have been a meteorite object or something like that. I mean, obviously, these objects traveling through space at such great speed but nothing tops what you were talking about before about this whole Chelyabinsk affair. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's hard to believe. I, I would remember where I was, uh, what, 10 years ago on the uh, 15th of February mm-hmm. of 2013. And this, Clyde, as you probably reported in great detail, yeah. some 66 feet in diameter, this object from space, this is very interesting. That's a city of 3.4 million people in Russia. And they called that a Super Bowlite. And what's that? I mean, the definition has to be told. An object like the sun is about a negative 26 on the brilliant scale called mm-hmm. magnitude. Mm-hmm. Super light is like minus 17 or 100 times brighter than a full moon. But this object is, as I believe you reported, and of course very accurately, that this object called what's called an ablation breakup. It blew up or and exploded in the sky, probably about 14 miles up into the sky. And the whole event, from the time it hit the atmosphere to its actual explosion, was only 32 seconds for an object 32, I mean, excuse me, 66 feet in diameter, right. causing that much damage, God help us with the uh, next round of larger objects. Well, and those rounds of larger objects seem to be happening. We have what? Uh, sure. Northeastern California report. We had a report out of Utah last night about 1040 p.m. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee seeing big fireballs. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what? The Tarot and Leonids? Is this what we're looking at? And, and why are they so big? Well, this is interesting, Clyde. Here's the simple answer. The northern and southern torrids are active right now. And this is an ongoing event, just to give everybody the skinny on this. The northern torrids will peak right around now. Now, does that mean you're going to see fireballs and guarantee? No. Patience is the virtue. But the southern torrids themselves, they peaked allegedly on the 5th of November. Now, they're all due to what we call debris from what we think is Comet Enki, one of the second comets that had an orbital period that was actually, you know, calculated. But what's interesting about these two objects, or these two streams, is that this particular southern torrid may have come most likely from the comet Enki. But why are the chunks larger? Here's a possible answer. It's possible that the northern torrids come from an asteroid called TG10, which means that something collided with that particular comet's nucleus. That's Mm. what many people think. Thus giving us these larger objects. But most of them, and this is important to tell the listeners of Ground Zero, if you go out like normal meteor showers, you go back, lay back in a chair and look in the sky all night. These are usually seen early in the evening, twilight, or early around dawn. Nobody really understands why, but yeah, the one that was in Holiday, Utah, just what, on the 10th, yeah. that was incredible. I mean, you're seeing more of them. So keep your eyes peeled to the sky for what we call fireball season in November. Yeah. There should be some activity here. Yeah, it's, it's exciting to see this. And, uh, uh, I just, uh, you know, I, I just look up and I say to myself, it's just too bad 
that we get caught up in uh, a lot of what the mainstream news wants us to think about. And yet it's been an active week uh, for a lot of things. Uh, A couple of things, too, that I wanted to cover. Maybe we'll get to a couple of phones. Uh, How are things going with Artemis? I mean, last time I think it was the last time we had you on. We talked about Artemis and I said, "Ah, that's not going to go anywhere. And it hasn't. (laughs) You're absolutely right. (laughs) You know, I'd like to have you pick the next lotto ticket. (laughs) I think think you're on to something. But really, no, seriously, Clyde and everybody listening to this show. This is amazing. I mean, people are comparing the, and they're throwing the question out. Well, if, if Musk can launch the big heavy, you know, Falcon, Falcon heavy, mm-hmm. why can't NASA get it off the ground? But the answer is this. They moved this large Artemis rocket out of the vehicle assembly building to get it onto the launch pad. And unbeknownst to them, really, their weather people are really good. The hurricane did a little bit of damage to the, to the rocket itself. Nothing catastrophic. So the next launch date is supposed to be on the 16th of November. Mm-hmm. The opening window of launch comes early in the morning, could be like 1 a.m. on till sunrise. Right. And if that's scrubbed, it's the 19th. But it's interesting to, like, well, your predilection came <laughs> true. Uh, it said hydrogen is the most abundant element we know in the universe, but hydrogen that keeps leaking, I mean, can't we should fix I, that? Should I yeah. double or nothing on the next launch? Or, I mean, uh, what do we got to bet on here? Ice cream Sunday? I don't know. You can't send that to me in the mail if you lose, right? Uh, maybe a twenty-three, a twenty twenty-three Cadillac Escalade or something like that. No. <laughs> you do that for me because I know I'll be right. <laughs> well, then you know what? Yeah. I'm going to back off. Yeah, I you better. There's a, there's a Hot Wheels. There's a Hot Wheels version. I'll make sure. Yeah, I you'll mail that to me. I know you will. Yeah, the minute Hard of Us doesn't take off, you'll be on the phone saying Hot Wheels car for Clyde. That's it, and a beautiful one. It's in gold. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> I'll play with it a lot more then. That's that's what I'll do with that. Dave, that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's just really disappointing. I mean, oh, you yeah. know, when I when I say those things, I I feel bad because I, I just feel like, you know, something, sure. what they, they call it the rocket that Congress built. Well, if Congress built it, you yeah. know. Well, <laughs> was, right. Con- Congress <laughs> authorized the fuel for that thing. And the latest that I report uh, and the latest I studied, they're not rocket scientists. So no. they decided on hydrogen as the primo fuel for that particular rocket. Right. What, what do they know? Obviously, we, I think we need to talk to Musk about this with his combination of liquid oxygen yeah. well, and, it's good. and RP, RP1. It's a good thing we're not running it on diesel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a good Absolutely, thing. my friend. Yeah. <laughs> We won't go to the moon if that's the case. We just won't go to the moon. There's not enough fuel to go to the moon. Not Absolutely, enough. Absolutely, my friend. Well, I hope you're right and wrong in the same breath. No, no, I don't no, know. Seriously, I, 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 really, I really want this to happen before I die. I'm just wondering if it's ever going to happen because it would be nice to uh, say to a young boy, you're going to go live on the moon when you're a kid and you're going to have a, right. a nice house on the moon. That's what my dad said to me. He said, when you get well, to be my age, you're going to be living on the moon. Well, Clyde, no, I'm they answered that. I'm living no, in my Portland. Gran- no, my grandmother gave me, this is no joke, my grandmother when I was a boy, she yeah. gave me these tickets. I wish I had them. They were from the Hilton Hotel. I guess it was a marketing thing. Mm-hmm. And they said that one day by the year X day, I think it was like 1980, you have a trip to the moon and stay in the Hilton on the moon, but yeah. that hasn't happened, obviously. No, it hasn't happened. Okay. Dr. Sky was taking your calls coming up, 503 503- Two two five zero eight sixty. So glad to have him back. Dr. Sky will return right here on Ground Zero. Don't go away.
fall south. Impossible. You can't have ice at this latitude. I mean, not unless there's like a... transmission that had the right key. I think it's super important because they need to know that we're ready for contact. End quote. I'm Clyde Lewis. You are listening to Ground Zero. Tonight, Dr. Sky's with us. I say that with a lot of force because it is it's dr sky the one the only the legend welcome back to ground zero and we're going to take some calls now for dr sky 503-225-0860 let's go to daryl in pennsylvania hey daryl you're on ground zero with dr sky hi uh good evening gentlemen good evening i just i just became aware of the zone of avoidance tonight on this radio program uh-huh. and i'm wondering if I'm wondering if there might be any correlation between the zone of avoidance and long-term radio echoes. Hmm. Interesting. Not sure what you really mean, Daryl. I mean, I'm trying to understand that, meaning that if you send the radio signal out into space, would it bounce back uh, back toward us instead, like like a firewall or something like that? Is that what maybe you're thinking of or interpreting? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There is a phenomenon that has been uh, reported and possibly recorded of radio and television transmissions that are 50 years old returning to Earth. Wow. 
because I just knew that some of the earliest television transmissions probably were from the Berlin Olympics back yeah. uh, in Nazi Germany. But uh, that's interesting that you mentioned that. I'm not really sure. I don't know how to answer that, but Darryl, that is kind of news to me there, Daryl. Daryl, have you ever heard of uh, Phantom Broadcasts on Shortwave? I've done a show about that before. Have you heard of those? I haven't. Uh, no, I haven't. Well, every once in a while, and I, I detected one once, I detected a Phantom Broadcast... Mm. It was coming out, well, we tried to triangulate it, my wife and I, and we triangulated it into an area that was somewhere um, it was somewhere in Oregon, and we didn't know if, and so we called to find out if it was an operational translator, and they said no, the, the translator was dead. And we're saying, well, what's being broadcast out of this? And it turned out to be some sort of a religious radio program that had been off the air forever. And it was just broadcasting out of this, what looked like a substation out in Oregon. But the substation wasn't broadcasting anything. So it was well, it was really scary to think that something was coming, like you say, some echo coming. I don't even know if it's coming from the zone of avoidance, but it was coming from somewhere. And so, yeah, I'm well, sure there are a lot of echoes that come from space that we certainly don't, you don't know about or pay attention. I'll have to revisit that daryl that's a great idea yeah, to that, revisit that. that is interesting and yeah. i just wanted to comment daryl one other thing too is that the great enrico fermi talked about this whole thing about the great filter and the whole yeah. fermi paradox so theoretically you're onto something here daryl because yeah. maybe whatever intelligent life hopefully does exist out there maybe there's some way that they're bouncing back the signals and exactly yeah. what you're talking about a phenomenon that i really need to do some more research yeah on. that's great to open our eyes i understand they like i love lucy to be honest i think, <laughs> yeah, I, think there you go. I love lucy back to all of us let's go to walt that's in pennsylvania hey walt you're on with dr sky hi clyde it's always a pleasure when you have people like dr sky on he's he's a great uh, font of yeah. knowledge and it's always a yeah pleasure he's cheaper than bill nye i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thanks, hey, I Walt. was I wondering uh, what Dr. Sky's uh, opinion of, you know, in 2006, this, uh, qu it's a, like a quasi-scientific organ quasi or organization. I believe it's called the International Astronomy Union. Uh, yes. They arbitrarily uh, demoted mm -hmm. the planet Pluto to uh, what they call a planetoid status. Dwarf, and right, Dr. Dwarf. Alan Stern, of, uh, you know, he's with the uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory. In 2015, when they sent the Horizon uh, probe out to uh, Pluto, they discovered that Pluto has mountains, and it has glaciers of uh, solid nitrogen, and it has its uh, a plutology, so to speak. So, And they say that Pluto has a surface area roughly equivalent to the lower 48 states, so... I think they ought to let Pluto be a planet. Damn right. Absolutely. Boy, Walt, I really like you, and thanks for the nice compliment. But more important than the compliment, <laughs> you're absolutely right. This International Astronomical Union made this decision back, I think it was 2006. I was aghast, like everyone. They didn't have a quorum, I guess. They voted on demotion. Uh, Mike Brown of Caltech, who's a great scientist, by the way, yeah. he and his team decided that this object doesn't meet the standards for a planet. But guess what, Walt? The real definition of a planet is still kind of quirky, and I think what they ought to do is revisit just what you're talking about, get a better definition of what a planet is, because I thought the decision they made, like many, was on this quirky definition of what a planet is, right. and that they determined that it's nothing but a dwarf. But you're so right, Walt. There's so many things about Pluto that would make my mentor, Dr. Tombaugh, probably turn around in his uh, eternal 
you know, eternal grave out there in space going, what the heck? Whatever happened Whatever happened to the idea that they were going to turn Io and Titan and, and Enceladus into planets? They said that they have the criteria of planets rather than moons. That's exactly, and that's exactly right, Clyde. And Walt, for the, it's, a great, it's a great commentary on this. You know, even the satellite, figure this out. The satellite of Jupiter Ganymede is larger than the planet Mercury. So again, with that same logic, gentlemen, why don't we call Ganymede, right, a planetary object right, that's right. larger than that of Mercury? Go figure. Do you think they're going to redefine that? Because, I, I, I mean, people are still fighting yes. over whether or not Pluto is a planet. In fact, at my house, Pluto yes. is a planet, and we have a solar system hanging on our front room that has Pluto <laughs> a planet. Trust me. That's absolutely right. But all the little Chinese, all the models that they have of the solar system now from China, the little plastic models, they only go out to Neptune. But you're oh, so right. It's a communist Dr. plot. And then Dr. Alan Stern that we were talking about from Southwest Research Institute, right. he's, he's one of the biggest fans of returning it back to its original status, too. Yeah, well, it's still argued, and I, I have a shirt that says planet. I said that Pluto is a planet, not just a dog in Disneyland. <laughs> so, anyway. Hey, Walt, that's great great commentary there. Yeah, I love that. great call, Walt. It, it's, always great, it's always great when you have Dr. Sky on. Well, thank you, buddy. Thank you for thank calling you, the program. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it is great having you on, and... There's so many things I'm I'm thinking I'm forgetting to cover. I talked about Artemis. I talked about mm -hmm. the sun. Uh, I'm trying to think of if there's anything else I want to ask you about. Oh, what about sure. this? I don't know if we have time, but we're going to... Go ahead. Oh, okay, I'll think about this. You were talking about some sort of a UFO-like heat shield balloon that I guess NASA's released? Well, yes. They just tested this the other day. It's called a Lofted Project, and oh, I yeah. don't have the, the description of the actual acronym, but here it is. They have this 20-foot object that comes out of this spacecraft that they launched into space. Right. It's for future missions to Mars. What it is in the simplest way, it's like a 20-foot kind of a umbrella balloon that will be used as a heat shield for Mars missions in the future. And yeah. apparently, it worked. Well, I was reading, I saw the headline, and then when I read about it even more, the idea of an inflatable, U they call it an inflatable UFO. Yeah. So anyway, sure. Dr. Sky with us tonight on Ground Zero. If you want to call in and... Have some fun. Talk to Dr. Sky. You can. 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. We'll be back. Dr. Sky with us tonight on Ground Zero. Go to the calls. Let's go to Shelby in Arizona. Hey, Shelby, you're on with Dr. Sky. Go ahead. Hey, Clyde. Hey. First thing off, Bill, Bill Nye doesn't hold a camel power to Dr. Sky. Oh, I know that. That's why I said it was kind of a... Wow. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. He's, 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 he's good for every penny we pay, right, Dr. Scott? <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> hey, you got to love it, right? Yeah. yeah. You'd love this. Yeah. I was going to ask Steve, do you think any of the, the stuff that's hitting and coming into our atmosphere and hitting the Earth could have anything to do with the Project DART? I don't think so, no, sir. I think, obviously, DART, if you think about this, this is interesting, Shelby, that DART, the spacecraft itself, is probably as small as a little subcompact car, and when it hit, it hit the Didymus asteroid, uh, the dimorphous of the little binary asteroid, but no, that material.
material. I doubt very much if it's really inbound to the earth at this point in time. There's a big plume we see on all these images. Even the James Webb got an image of it. But I doubt very much if it's uh, that's coming through right now. Most of it, like we mentioned before, Shelby, is more than likely the debris coming through these uh, particular meteor and fireball storms that we get from both the Enki comet and this asteroid, potentially, the northern and southern torrents. And I tell people all the time, you know, people always say to me, you know, you told me to look and I saw nothing. Well, patience, patience is the virtue. Yeah. But when you see one, you'll know it. But Shelby, I doubt if the DART project had anything to do with it. You know, Shelby, what's interesting, too, is what are we going to get, uh, and Dr. Scott, you can come on, comment on this, too, sure, because you're the problem. guest, right? Uh, how are we going to get China to get with the program and stop steering their derelict spacecraft into our atmosphere? Yeah. Well, I think Shelby, you should go. Ask she's best friend, Joe Biden, to suggest it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think, yeah. you know, it's interesting, Shelby, what they've got going on up there now. Many people don't even realize this. They've been quietly building a space station bigger than Mir, the Russian one. I heard that. And this is called Tiangong. And I watch it all the time. Everybody can. If you go outside, where are you in Arizona, if you don't mind me asking? I'm in central Arizona, just south of Flagstaff by Sedona. Oh, lucky you. I'll be up there tomorrow night. But anyway, that's a beautiful place for dark skies. You got a view than most people. But the point is, for everybody listening, and Clyde, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. The Tiangong is now bright. It's a big T-shaped configuration in space. But they built this thing very quickly, and they have their Tikanauts on there. There's three. There's two men and a woman up there. But the interesting thing is, that's uh, going to be probably even larger than the International Space Station. How do they do such uh, technology so quickly? That's the question of the hour. They've done a lot in a very short time. Yeah, that's. I, I was hearing about that. I, I, where where could we see it though, Doctor Sky? Can we see it now? Is it up there? Well, like the space here's, station? here's what I recommend. Here's a great question, Clyde, and this All is right. for everybody. All Go right. to heavens heavens above dot com. This website yeah. I use all the time. Plug in your city, and it will tell you what is visible in the night. Like we're watching ISS Hubble. We're watching Tiangong. And how about this one? There's a new one called Blue Walker Three. This was a spacecraft launched by SpaceX for 4G cellular service. But why am I mentioning it? It has an antenna that's as large as a tennis court, and it's going to unravel. And unfortunately, for those that want super dark skies, it may be a very bright object in the sky. Look up Blue Walker 3. Another UFO report coming, I'm sure. (laughs) Chris in in New York, you're on with Dr. Sky. Yeah, hi, hi, Steve. Uh, Hey, good morning. Some of the stuff, like I was thinking of the Game of Thrones at an episode where they showed a a red comet, uh, you know, in the sky that kept going back to that during the day. Mm-hmm. And that just added to the strangeness of, of that strange uh, show. But, uh, yes. you know, uh, they say the size of some of these comets would be about three to five kilometers or the size of an actual sure. village. Absolutely. And, Chris, it's great to have you here. What's interesting is for everybody out there, these comets are the most dangerous, uh, you know, you have to put it in quotes, because none, none that we know of are going to hit the Earth. But the comets, the nuclei of these comets, we look, look at that hail pop, that one that was back in the late 90s, allegedly 25 miles in diameter. Yep. And the one that comes closest to us, the, quote, most dangerous space object that comes regularly by the Earth is the nucleus of Swift-Tuttle, which is the Perseid meteor shower, as we get every summer. So that object, they were saying, eh, maybe in a couple of hundred years it might get very close to the Earth. But someday, with all things, they go up, 
what happens. They come down. But, Chris, great observation and great, great question about uh, what's going on with comets. They're massive. They're super fast. And we want to stay the hell away from them if we can. <laughs> What about these asteroids that hide behind the sun? I've been hearing a lot of stories about oh, that. Oh, here comes the talk of the day here. This is right. the, 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 big, the big one. A new discovery, folks. Get a look at this. There's now something that we don't have enough to be concerned about. It's always the objects like asteroids that come from the direction of the sun because you can't see them. Mm -hmm. Well, this dark energy camera in Chile picked up something in the twilight. They can only do this during twilight because they're looking right at near the edge of the sun so they don't get blinded. But they found an object here called 22AP7, and it's a mile in diameter, and it is going to cross the Earth's orbit, but not anytime soon. And they also found two others, 2021LJ4, 20, and another asteroid, 2021PH7. And then the final thing on this is there's a whole new group of Venus-orbiting asteroids, which we never thought were, called 2020AV2, so the beat goes on, and the reason they're finding these is these giant telescopes are not just optical. You know, you put an eyepiece and look. Mm -hmm. They're giant, what, mega, mega, megapixel cameras yeah. that hopefully pick up what we don't want to hit us. Yeah, and you can call any one of those uh, what they call Apollyon or Apollo asteroids. You can oh, call them right. oop because you're not going to be able to finish <laughs> the word oops by the time they hit. I, I that Because it that just gets me is that, you know, they say that they've – been able to what pinpoint and track a number of objects near earth objects right. that you know that they know will not hit us but then something comes from behind the sun and immediately you know you have a, a guy on a telescope calling his wife and saying you better get somebody on the phone and let them know that we're in trouble you know absolutely but just to let people know clive that shell you've been asteroid speaking of apollos it is an apollo type as it was an Apollo, a piece of an Apollo asteroid, right. and it's known as a chondrite. What's that? They're more stony-type meteorites, but 87% of all finds are chondrites. So let's hope we don't have another 66-foot monster come anytime soon. Right. But can you imagine? Wow. What if it was bigger than that? And even that's too big, 66 feet. Somebody told me you're getting too big for your britches. You've got some stuff going on with uh, WABC in New York City. WABC. Well, I'm very proud of this, and thank you for mentioning it, Clyde. To you guys, we love you guys and everything about Ground Zero. But luckily for me, they've asked me to be a correspondent there. They, they <sighs> claim, and they're certainly one of the great radio stations in America. I yeah. grew up there back in New York, and my friend and I used to hang around by the WABC antenna where we used to go fishing in the swamp. We never caught anything. Yeah. But little did I know, one day I'd be a correspondent for them. And people, if they want to follow our things that we're doing, just go to WABCradio.com. That is so cool. And you can see it. It's a great place. And, hey, I'm a New Yorker originally, and I'm proud of my background. So I'm happy to be there and with you yeah. and other great folks. I just want to let you know I was on WOR for about what a week. Well, that's that's an awesome station too. There you go. But no, they changed management. It was weird. I was on, and then they gave me the bad news. I was on the morning show. The morning show guy on WOR has been there for like thirty years, and wow. got rid of him. And so, yeah. So, stay with WABC. They're a great radio station. Perfect radio Absolutely. station for you, definitely. You well, Doctor Sky, thank you so much for being on the program. Where do we find you in the meantime? Well, go to KTAR.com. That's another place we're proud to be. You can see our blog and our regular little uh, podcast. And back to WABCradio.com. Much more to come. And thank you so much, Clyde, for you being bet. part of my life. And I certainly appreciate you and the listeners. You're fantastic. Thank you, buddy. We'll get talking to you again, okay? You bet, sir. Thank All right, you. Take care. Steve Gates, Dr. Steve, Steve Kates, Dr. Sky, with us tonight on Ground Zero. So glad to have him with us all the time. 
right here. And coming up on Beyond Zero, we'll be taking to the internet, so you can stay tuned for that. Also, we'll be hearing from the Secret Teachings a half hour uh, after, or just right after on Beyond Zero, the Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable on Aftermath.media and GroundZero.radio. We'll be back. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.